As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on The Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. It's December and I'm Jared Weiss. I'm joined by Mo Keel and Daniel Lehman's producing. And I'm trying to think of what to say about tonight's games or I guess last night's games because there's only one. And we're not even going to talk about it. It's Dallas in Detroit. We just talked about them on the last episode that Mo and I taped two days earlier. So we're just going to do something completely different. But before we even do that, Mo, how annoying is it that we don't have enough games to talk about on the thing tonight? It's so bad. I mean, I I don't understand the NBA scheduling with with this week's scheduling. Just look at it this way. When we did the thing on for, for Tuesday night, only three games. Wednesday night, 13 games. And then one on Thursday night. By the way, 11, I believe we said on uh, uh, Friday. The scheduling is just ridiculous here at this point. It's it's actually doing a disservice to the league in the sense of the basketball has been so good. Wouldn't you want it so, so that fans can actually watch some of these games and sort of catch up and, and, and not just watch their team, but watch other teams? Like, yeah, I'm complaining because I got to watch all of these games, but it's also just impossible for an average fan to c- keep up with. I think 13 games in one night, unless there's a specific reason, like when they said, hey, we're going to have no games on election night, so that's the deal. Totally get it. But on a night or a week when it's like this, the scheduling this imbalance completely screwed things off for the, for the NBA, and it's a missed opportunity for them. I mean, the idea that there's not two national games on a Thursday night because I guess there's Thursday night football, and I'm in Boston, so everyone's excited about Thursday night footballs that Pats are playing. I didn't um, even know they like, were playing. I didn't even know yeah. the, the Thursday night football games have been so bad. It's not like I've even noticed. I don't even know who they're playing. I'm going to look it up while I talk, but I I'm just, it's just so disappointing because this would have been at least a night where you could get some teams that don't get national games, get that exposure, get them that kind of highlight, you know, get, get the Sacramento Kings who deserve to be on national television every single night, get them on there. Yeah. I just think it's, it's just a mistake from the NBA standpoint in terms of set. You, you want to show your product off. And right now the product is really good. So really many interesting good. teams. So much great basketball being played last night. It, it, it It's tough. 
it's tough to keep up with everything. And I just think the NBA needed to be needs to be a little bit smarter with how they spread out the schedule. Yeah. Also, they're playing the Bills. So uh, Pat's Bills, that's a pretty huge game. I should have known that I'm going to a Thursday night football event. Whatever. Let's, but the let's Pats talk about suck. Basketball. So what's the point? The, they're going to get blown out. The Pats, the Pats don't suck that much. They, yes, they, they do. They only kind of suck. They do. Don't they have a winning but, record? Okay. Well, whatever. I don't know. I'm a they, Rams they, fan. We're terrible. I've turned I know. it off. Who cares? <laughs> All right. So let's talk about basketball. I want to go through, you know, people are like, let's do our quarter season awards awards they put you in too much of a box let's talk about them on more of a thematic level we're going to start with most surprising team the most disappointing and then the one i'm excited to get into is like whose career has changed the most you know forget about most improved that always goes to like a guy like shea who's going from star star to superstar i want to talk about someone whose career has kind of completely changed out of nowhere whether it's for better or for worse but first let's start with your most pleasantly surprising team mo I think it's the Indiana Pacers, and I feel like oh, that's yeah. something that's been just within the last week and a half for me. Um, they've been a lot of fun to watch. Tyrese Halliburton, all star, no conversation, no debate about that anywhere. We shouldn't be able, we shouldn't have that debate. Uh, you know, Benedict Mathurin's really fun to watch coming off the bench as a rookie. I think they're getting great minutes from Tyrese Halliburton, excuse me, they're getting great minutes. From Buddy Heald, from Miles Turner, who were guys that were on the trading block. I mean, Turner basically did a podcast and asked to be traded. Uh, I, I I feel like it's a really interesting situation. I mean, they're fun to watch and they're winning games, which I don't think any of us had them being anywhere near 500 at least 20 games into the season. Yeah, I mean, credit to Utah. They realized they were too good and now they're going hard into the tank and they won't stop losing. I don't know what Indiana's thinking right now, but... Credit to them. They're a franchise that doesn't want to lose. They don't want to tank. And they somehow have pulled off this quick rebuild where at least right now they're they're on the way up. And I'm personally am so excited to see it because I, I'm sure I talked about it on the show before. Last year, I went to Indiana and did a big piece talking to every single person in that organization about what are they going to do at this crossroads here. And one of the big things about it was that their offense didn't make sense. Like Rick Carlisle wanted to run a system. And he didn't have the pieces to do it. And so they trade Domas Sabonis for Tyrese Halliburton. They're able to put Turner at the five where he actually like can thrive. And it's working really well. Halliburton is operating in space. Turner's rolling through the lane. Like they actually have a legitimate offensive system that is going to grow as their actual wing options grow. So Indiana actually has some a positive outlook for their future, which I don't think any of us really even thought was going to be the case going into the season, even after drafting Batherin. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a bit of a surprise there, but Jared, who's your favorite? Who's your surprising team? Ooh, man. I mean, I honestly have just been surprised that the Blazers have been able to stay moderately afloat. I, I that that's been pleasant, although they are down to 11 11 at this point. Um, but I mean, New Orleans has looked good and it doesn't matter who they have in the lineup. They have just continued to be impressive every single night. CJ McCollum has really found his footing there. And I feel like New Orleans is just, that team. Every single night, I'm genuinely excited to watch. I mean, it's phenomenal. Like, they're just a lot of fun. Obviously, Zion's been amazing when he's been on the court. I think this is a team that really has the chance to to surprise a lot of teams as the year goes on. And I think they're just going to get better and better if they can get everybody healthy. Shout out to our colleague, Will Guillory, who wrote a great piece on The Athletic about Zion and and the Pelicans. So go check that out on the Athletics. See that that's a plug by the way folks. That's I plug. hope you guys appreciate that and I hope the execs at the Athletics saw that or heard that <laughs> I guess would be the correct thing. 
<laughs> An honorable mention to the Kings. I mean, the Kings are the winning record. That's just they have their own minute on the Buds podcast. We exactly. don't need to talk Jay about Kings the Kings. That covered. <laughs> All right, disappointment. I, I'm torn between two here. I'm going to let you start. No, I want to hear who you're torn about. About go ahead. Okay. I, I mean, Chicago has just been so underwhelming. It's frustrating to watch, but like it wasn't. I didn't feel like I was expecting Chicago to take a huge step forward this year. It's not shocking that they are where they are. But what the hell, Minnesota? I mean, that has just been endlessly frustrating every single night. Yeah, let's start with Chicago because I think a lot of things went started soured from the beginning with just Alonzo Ball injury news, right? And it, it doesn't feel comfortable at any point that we feel like we're going to get Lonzo back at some point soon. And things like that. And I think so much of that team is predicated on Lonzo and Caruso really wreaking havoc on the defensive end and opening up opportunities. Look, Chicago was crazy last year. And I think it was they got an unbelievable season from DeMar DeRozan that I don't feel like he could replicate. You know, it's it's it was difficult too. So I'm not surprised they've kind of fallen off. But I'm with you on Minnesota, Jared. Jesus, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, everyone hates watching the Timberwolves. Like, nobody enjoys it. It's well, they, they don't seem to like playing with each other for the most part. Now, look, the caveat, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns goes down with the injury, going to be out four to six weeks. Thank God, because it looked like it was going to be way worse. It looked than, worse, yeah. We we all were kind of the, the Twitter doctors and doing our thing and thought, oh, boy, he did that look back thing, and we all were scared. Um, but it just hasn't meshed well, and I think, Part of it is they had a bad training camp where they didn't have the guys healthy. Like Cat had a weird illness and and couldn't play. You had them resting Gobert, and then the season starts. And then you have an unhappy Anthony Edwards with how things are going. Weird comments about his eating habits about Popeyes, which by the way, Popeyes delicious. <laughs> um, and I think you have a whole lot of like weird vibes there, and they just haven't been able to figure it out and how to make it work with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert on the court together. And then Golden State, like, should they be on this list? I know they're 11-11, but they also are seventh in the league in differential. I I think that's a fair one. I think Golden State's been disappointing. They've gotten a little bit better as of late. But to start out the year as bad as they have, especially on the road, 2-10 and 10 on the road. That is weird. Like, that's a weird stat in that sense. And I feel like, you know, they've they've just not been – all that sharp at times. And you're just seeing the difference right now of their depth is, is they're somewhat depleted. there. great starting lineup. But then when they go to the bench, it gets kind of sketchy real quickly. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's get into the players. I mean, this is the side that's a lot more exciting. Who is someone whose career, the way that they sit in your mind has just changed at this point? <sighs> you've. This is a very difficult question that you've asked me, and I the the honest truth is, I don't know if I have anybody yet. 
I almost want the whole season to go uh, in yeah. that sense. Like, I don't know if there's somebody that's made me just flat out jump up and, and jump up and down and, and cave for him or a guy who I'm just ready to just immediately start to kill um, in, in, in terms of just like, hey, I don't I don't like the way they're doing things and I'm soured off of them. I mean, I, I think there's just one obvious one is Bull Bull. Like he was he just got cut by the Celtics, I think, like last season as a dump off and part of a uh, as a trade. And the presumption was just his body was beat up and he probably wasn't going to make it anymore. And he has just looked so much more composed. His ball handling has been solid. He plays with effort. He seems to know what he's trying to do when he's out on the court, which is a big difference from where he was before. And it feels like he's legit locking in a starting role with Orlando to the point that if Jonathan Isaac comes back at some point in the future, I don't know if they're necessarily moving Bull Bull to the bench right away. Like Isaac might find his rhythm, show that he's a you know an all-star again, and then Bull Bull's going to lose that spot. But I think they like Bull Bull enough that he's going to have to lose that spot rather than he's going to have to give it up. How do you feel about Paolo Maggero basically saying, we don't need Victor Webemiyama, we got Bull Bull? He's not wrong in that they do have a freak of nature. The problem is Bull Bull doesn't take floaters from 35 feet and block 15 shots a game. It's like, if you could have Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell in one, wouldn't you Wouldn't you want to have that guy? So I would take Wemby. Um, I mean, I want to see Wemby go to a team that doesn't have another great big man. That's why I don't want like New Orleans or Orlando to get him. Like, San Antonio, baby. Let's go Spurs, go. baby. Go Spurs, go. And it's funny. Another guy that I think could kind of fit this bill is Devin Vassell. I think Vassell... He didn't come out of nowhere. Like he was a lottery pick. He he made nice progress last year, but he's take that he's taken that leap this year where he's looking like, oh, this guy has legit all star potential. His scoring is a lot more comprehensive than I thought it was going to be this early in his career. And he like he, San Antonio isn't complete trash because of him. Yeah, and I want to add one name to the list because I completely written this guy off, and I think it's a. I'm not going to go deep into it because we talked about it on Nerder. She wrote, uh, Kristaps Porzingis. Like Ooh, I kind of just, yeah. ri- I just kind of wrote him off injuries, things like that. I said, man, we've probably seen the best of Kristaps. He's been awesome for the Wizards, and I think it's you know it's huge. Obviously, we're knock on wood, good health and everything stays that way. But he's been phenomenal, and he's just showing you like, yo, yeah, when I'm right and I'm in a good spot, I can kill it still. So, is he in your MVP conversation? Oh hell no. <laughs> so who is? So the. the we're opening up the MVP conversation here and starting it out. We're not picking MVPs. I got about four or five candidates, Jared. I'm just going to throw out the names. You, you, you can do. I'll your try thing. to order them. You I'll can, you can them. do whatever you want with them. I'm going to put out Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Devin Booker, and I. I'm. Oh, you record- better not do this. What do you think I'm doing? You better not leave this name out. Well, I think I, I think I'm going Curry. Okay, good, good. So, I think Steph is probably number one because he's he's having like the best season ever, like for a score. He's what is his true shooting at? It's like at 68 percent right now. It's insane. A lot. <laughs> it's incredible <laughs> for someone who is chucking up contested threes from thirty feet all night long. He's having his best season ever, and his defense has been pretty solid. And he's just he's carried that team on his back. I mean, that team has been terrible without him on the floor every time I've watched them, at least. So I I would probably have Steph number one. It feels like Steph is getting the Jokic uh, pick where it's like Jokic was getting it last year because the team around him was terrible and he was incredible. It kind of feels like that's going Steph's way this year. But like 
it's hard to put him ahead of Jokic, who's continuing to play elite, and the t- their team is at the top of the standings. Um, Booker hasn't really had Chris Paul this year, and he's doing something pretty comparable. Then Luca is just like scoring like thirty four points a game, <laughs> like he's putting up MJ level numbers. It, I mean, it's unbelievable. I think, you know, the the stuff I find interesting is just look what happens when Luca goes to the bench. The team completely falls apart for the Mavs. And I think that ends up being a massive issue for them that they're going to have to figure out at some point. But that's just, those are the things that you're you're, you're looking at in the MVP. And then he comes back and starts kind of going nuts again. And I think it's just amazing. Yeah. We all know that there's probably an MVP somewhere in Luca's future. Maybe it is this year, but yeah, I, I don't know how you could leave him out of the conversation. Yeah. And then I think the most interesting case is the last one, which is Tatum. Because Tatum is playing at pretty much an elite level on both ends of the court. And I know Boston's defense has not been at that level this year, but they do have the best offensive rating of all time right now. He's in the middle of all that. And he's also just been he's like he was a great or he was a very good defender until last year. He kind of took a little bit of a backseat on it during the regular season. This year, he has been electric. And he has been getting forcing so many turnovers on a team that doesn't really force a lot of turnovers this year. He's been good at the rim. He's rebounding a ton. He's putting up 30 and 10 games almost every single night. And the record is insane. Like they've been they've I think they've won 14 of their last 15. I mean, just simply put best player on the best team right now in the NBA. Yeah. And and, and he is showing a complete package as an NBA player. You kind of like laid it out perfectly. He's a basketball player, not a one-way player, not a guy you can take advantage of on defense, not a guy who has a lot of holes offensively. And and the stuff I really love that he's doing, and it's something that Celtics in general are doing a ton more, is the way they're playing offense. They're moving, they're cutting, they're screening for each other and things like that. That's the stuff you want to see and and, and watching that kind of take form with the the Celtics team and especially with Tatum. I don't I don't think it's really uh uh a question there. He's right there in the in, in the conversation, like knee deep in it. Well, Tatum's the best player on the best team, and Mo is the best podcaster on the best podcast in the league. So that's going to do it for us. Daniel Lehman produced the show. He's Mo DeKeel. I'm Jared Weiss, and we'll see you next time on the day. Ding, ding. Ding, ding.